Hey friends, and welcome to the very first episode of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and I am honored that you've chosen to spend your time listening today. In celebration of kicking off what I hope will someday be hundreds of episodes, today's show is all about new beginnings and how to start with success. By the end of this episode, you'll know the exact steps to take to get started, keep going through the hard times, and eventually reach your goals. And I'll share a little bit about what it was like to start this podcast. And if you like what you hear in this episode, I hope you'll take a moment to click the subscribe button if you haven't yet and write a review on iTunes. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find out about It's About Time, and you might even hear your review in a future episode, like this one from Reformed Busy Bee, who was so kind to leave me a review after listening to my trailer. She wrote, It's About Time for It's About Time. I am excited for this podcast. Who needs busy? Not this gal. I can't wait to hear how other people make it all work and apply some of their techniques to better manage my own plate. Reformed Busy Bee, thank you so much. It seriously means the world that you would take time to cheer me on as I'm getting started. And one last thing before we dig in. In this episode, you'll hear me mention Trello, an online task management system that I use to keep track of my goals and everything else in my life. You can try out Trello for free by visiting abouttimepodcast.com forward slash Trello. That's T-R-E-L-L-O. And I'll also include this link in the show notes so you can find it there too. All right, it's about time we get started. So here we go. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Boom. We're recording. I'm doing this. The first episode of It's About Time is officially happening. Is this exciting? Yes. Am I nervous? I'd be straight up lying if I said I wasn't. Uh, and I think we can all agree that doing anything for the first time and starting a new thing can be pretty scary. Whether it's the first day at a new job, a new diet, a new relationship, New can be awesome and also totally fear-inducing at the same time. So I thought it would make a lot of sense to kick off a podcast about time management by talking about fresh starts and new beginnings. When this episode goes live, it'll be the first week of December. So that means we've survived Thanksgiving and we're starting to get knee-deep in holiday parties, Christmas shopping, and barreling toward the end of the year. The hustle and bustle, and let's be honest, the stress of the holiday season is enough for an entire episode or two on its own. So I'll save that ball of tangled lights for another day. And what's on the horizon after Christmas? The new year. And not just a new year, a whole brand spanking new decade. And I'm going to bet that you're already starting to think about what kind of new beginnings you'll create for yourself in the new year. 
the goals you'll set, the plans you'll make, and the new habits you'll create. And the secret to success is all in how you start. Maybe this is your year to start that business you've been dreaming of, filling notebooks with scribbles and ideas, or you're determined to get that promotion and raise that you've had your eye on. Perhaps this is your year to lose that last 10 pounds, or you've got a half marathon you want to cross off your list. Or maybe you just want to start a new morning routine so you can start your days feeling calm and prepared for once. Regardless of what it is you want to start, how you start can have a whole lot to do with your success. So in this, the very first episode of It's About Time, I'm sharing six ways that you can start with success. And because I know that you're probably doing a little multitasking right now, driving, getting dressed for work, whatever it is that you're doing, I've got you covered. I've already taken notes for you, so all you have to do is listen. Head over to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash one, just the number one, to access the show notes and download a free guide to starting with success. Before we jump into the six steps to starting with success, think about something that you want to start, something that you want to achieve or add to your life. Got it? Okay, good. Let's go. First, start with why. Ask yourself, why exactly do you want to do this thing? What would it mean if you were successful in this endeavor? What would it mean for your career or for your family? Clearly articulating your motivation for starting a new thing is the fuel in your tank to get you started. Using this podcast as an example, my motivation is to reach as many women as possible with a message of living intentionally instead of simply being busy for the sake of being busy. Podcasts are easier and more accessible than reading blog posts or sitting down to watch a YouTube video. And right now, I can only have so many time management clients at once. So my why is making a bigger impact and changing lives one episode at a time. While you're thinking about your why, I'm going to ask you to dig deep. Sometimes we might think that we're motivated to start a business or get a promotion because we want more money. And that's great. But what would more money bring to your life? What's the effect? Is it more financial security? Is it the ability to take a nice vacation or spend quality time with your family or have new experiences? I really encourage you to challenge yourself to articulate what exactly more money would mean in your life if more money is the first thing that comes to mind. Because chances are, what that money could bring you is your true motivation here. And let's be honest, staying motivated when you're working toward a goal is not easy. And articulating why you started is exactly what will keep you going when you're in the trenches, slogging through the mud, and you just want to quit. Your why is your fuel to start and your fuel to keep going. Once you've identified your why, the next step is to start with the end in mind. Where are you going? 
One of Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people is to begin with the end in mind. And while it's impossible to know exactly where we'll end up once we've started, sure, situations can change, you can find new information, etc., etc., but starting with a clear vision of where you hope to arrive or what you hope to achieve is critical to starting strong. Let's go back to what you want to start. What does success look like? And be specific as possible. Picture yourself a year from now, having achieved your goal. You've run the marathon. You've gotten in shape. You've started the new business. You've gotten a promotion. What does your life look like? How do you feel when you start your day? Really put yourself in the future and imagine what it feels like to have arrived. Sharing my podcast example, I picture myself a year from now. So it's December 2020. I've been at this for a year. I've published more than 50 episodes about work, life, and balance. And I feel super confident because I've learned a lot in the past year. I've figured out systems. I've streamlined processes. And I know what I'm doing and I feel good about it. (laughs) And now instead of sending out tons of interview requests, people are reaching out to me hoping to share their stories on the show. And it feels amazing because I know that I've helped so many women live just a little better. Just like connecting with your motivation will keep you going, having a clear picture of what the end looks like will keep you moving in the direction of success. And having a clear picture of where you're going helps you create the map to get there. And that's why the next step is to start with a plan. What's it going to take to get where you're going? What do you need to learn or research that'll get you there? Can you map out the steps? If you're having trouble figuring out exactly how you'll get there, there's probably a world of info waiting on the other side of a Google search bar. I can't tell you how many times I've had to Google some element or most elements of this whole podcasting thing. From how close my mouth is supposed to be to the mic to what's a pop filter, the answers are out there. Another method for figuring out the steps is an exercise I love to use with my clients called Mount Everest. Okay, so wave a magic wand and fast forward to the future. It's a year from now. You started strong and you achieved your goal. You did it. Give yourself a round of applause because you have arrived. You got exactly what you were hoping for, and everything came true. Now imagine that you're standing on top of Mount Everest, and you've just spent your time and your energy climbing up. It wasn't easy to get to the top, and you've done it. You've reached the peak. You turn around, and you look down the mountain, And you reflect on everything that you did, everything you went through to get to the top. So how did you get there? When you look back, what steps did you have to take to reach your goal? When you look back from a place of achievement and accomplishment, what did the work look like? that you had to put in? What obstacles did you encounter and overcome? 
What mindset did you have to adopt? Sacrifices did you have to make? A lot of times, imagining having already achieved success and looking backwards, a lot of those steps you need to take and the habits you need to adopt will appear. They'll come to you and you'll figure out how to fill in the gaps to get where you want to go. You can reverse engineer to make a plan. And once you have your plan, write it down with an actual pen onto actual paper. I cannot stress this enough. I am a huge fan of keeping track of my goals and my plans online in Trello. But the act of physically writing down a goal makes you more likely to achieve it. And that increases when you write them on a regular basis. This summer, I decided to try out a practice of writing down my goals on an almost daily basis. So whenever I sit down at my desk before I open my laptop and dig into the tasks of the day, I start by writing down the top five goals that I want to achieve with a special emphasis on the one that I plan to achieve first. And I wrote them as if I'd already achieved them. So instead of I will launch a podcast, I wrote, I launched a podcast. And if that seems a little weird, here's the why behind it. Starting with I, as in, I launched a podcast instead of launch a podcast, gives you ownership over the goal. It connects you to what you want to achieve on a personal level. When you write, I launched a podcast, like past tense, as if you've already done it, your brain automatically pictures you having done it, which keeps you in the right mindset to follow through. When you write, I will launch a podcast, you picture the steps it will take to get there, which can be intimidating or bog you down. And even if you've already started and are following through on those those steps, you process as if you haven't started yet and the end feels even further away. Writing down your goals on a regular basis keeps them top of mind, and starting your day by checking in with your goals helps you make decisions in support of those goals. Imagine starting your day by writing down, I lost 10 pounds, or I ran a marathon. How would that affect your choices throughout the day? Last tip here, keep it visible. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but 
you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. My top goal lives on my bathroom mirror, thanks to a blue dry erase marker. You could write yours on a sticky note stuck to your computer or on an index card in your medicine cabinet. Just put it where you're reminded of it often. Next step for starting with success, start with a buddy. When you're pursuing something big, find an accountability partner. An accountability buddy, because that's just fun to say. Having an accountability partner is a game changer. And don't just take my word for it. I've got a stat for this. The American Society of Training and Development has found that people are 65% more likely to achieve a goal after committing to another person. Okay, now brace yourself for this one. They also found that the chance of success bumped all the way up to 95% when they checked in with that person on an ongoing basis. 95%. 95%. That's almost 100. That's insanity. The difference between probably achieving a goal and almost definitely achieving a goal lies with having a check-in buddy. And I know sometimes it can be hard to share with others that you're working towards something. And maybe we have a little fear of being judged when asking for help. But think about for just a second, how would you feel if someone asked you to be their buddy on the road to accomplishing something important to them? I bet you'd feel pretty special, trusted. Maybe you'd feel honored. I admit, I didn't have one consistent accountability partner throughout the podcast launch, but I did have a small group of trusted friends that I would share my progress with along the way. And a lot of times they'd check in with me without me even asking because they care about me and want me to be successful. And sometimes I even used Instagram as an accountability partner. I'd share in my stories, I'm launching a podcast okay, I guess I actually have to launch a podcast now. Once I picked a launch date and put it out there into the world, I felt like I had to follow through. So start thinking, who will your accountability partner be? Who is going to be your partner, your cheerleader to get you to the finish line? Your success depends on it. Once you've gotten your accountability partner or partners lined up, 
your next step for success has a little bit more to do with when you start than how you start. Start with meaning, as in choose a meaningful start date. Laura Casey of Cultivate What Matters and Power Sheets often says there's nothing magical about January 1st. And she's right. Any day can be a fresh start, a new beginning. But your new beginning will be on the road to success if you choose a start date that means something to you. Your start date could be January 1st. There's certainly nothing wrong with that. Or Christmas Day. Or your birthday. Or the first day of spring. The opportunities really are endless. Well, not quite endless. There are only 365 days in the year. Sometimes 366 if it's a leap year, but you you know what I'm saying. Maybe you're starting your fitness journey on your little one's first birthday. Or you're starting a new morning routine on the three-year anniversary of launching your business. I chose to launch my podcast on the first Monday of the last month in the decade. December 2nd doesn't hold any major significance for me, but something about it feels like the beginning of the end or the last chance before a reset button. And that just seemed like a great place to start. So when will you start? And what meaning can you give to your start date? How can you make your start significant? And now we've arrived at the sixth step to starting with success, and it's no doubt the toughest. And it's something that I know we've all wrestled with before embarking on a new start. Start before you're ready. Okay, wait, what? (laughs) Start before I'm ready? But how can I start if I'm not ready? I have to read all the things and know all the things and everything has to be perfect or else I will surely fail. So the thing is, whenever you're facing a big goal or a big change or a new habit that you want to start, starting can feel super daunting. That's not news to anyone. So a lot of times, We say things like, once everything slows down, I'll get all of my pictures organized and make those photo books I've always wanted to. Once I do a little bit more research and take this online course, I'll start that business I've been dreaming of. Once I know everything there is to know about podcasting, I'll record an episode. We get stuck in analysis paralysis considering every single possible option as a way to put off making a decision. We engage in some education procrastination and feel like we still have more to learn before we can get started. But the thing is, you'll never feel ready. There will never be perfect conditions. You will never know all the things. Friend, clarity comes from taking action. You have to get started, dig in, and start learning. This is where I'll admit that this is the second attempt at recording this episode. On my first try, I didn't outline clearly enough, and I got lost in my thoughts so many times it sounded like a maze. 
Not to mention, I forgot to plug in the mic. (laughs) So my audio was recorded by the computer mic instead of my podcasting mic, and it sounded terrible. Face palm. But despite all of the mistakes I made in an attempt to record my first episode, I figured out what I needed to do differently this time. I'll also admit that I didn't learn a ton about podcasting before I got started. On purpose, I knew that I have a tendency to get caught up in learning and learning and learning instead of taking action. So I let myself take one course on podcasting, Jenna Kutcher's The Podcast Lab. And instead of researching a ton of equipment and falling down Amazon rabbit holes, I'm using a hand-me-down mic from a friend. Thanks, Jacob. I had to trust that I'd figure things out along the way and solve problems as they came up. But I had to get started in order to learn from my mistakes and get better. And you can too. So as you're contemplating what it is you'll start, I encourage you to be intentional about how you'll start. And I look forward to cheering you on as you're making things happen. Start with why and articulate your motivation. Start with the end in mind and create a vision of what success looks like. Start with a plan and revisit it often to stay focused. Start with a buddy and check in regularly. Start with meaning and choose a kickoff date with significance. And start before you're ready because the perfect conditions don't exist and clarity comes from taking action. And I'm sure that one day I'll look back on these first few episodes and laugh, but I'll be so proud of the fact that I started and how far I've come and how much I've learned from taking action. And your beginning will probably be messy too. And that's okay. But you have to take that first step and work your way through the messy beginning to get to the good part. So yeah, you will be afraid. And maybe you'll question yourself and you'll have moments that you want to quit or give up. But push through. It will be so worth it. Trust me on this. To help get you started with taking your first step, I invite you to join the It's About Time podcast community at abouttimepodcast forward slash community and tell us what you're going to start so we can cheer each other on. You might even find your accountability buddy to help you get to the finish line. And as a reminder, all the details about today's episode can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash one. Thank you all so much for tuning in to my messy beginning in episode one of It's About Time. Talk to you soon. 
Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.